Greetings, and welcome to the Lenten Witness Project. We thank you so much for listening in today, and we're hoping that through these stories of God's presence in someone's life, you will be better able to see God in your day. Now, please enjoy Cherry's story. Hello, I'm Cherry, and this is my story. I didn't become a Christian until the age of 39, but God was calling me to him even from childhood. When I was growing up in Vermont, I remember seeing Mom many times in her bedroom reading her Bible under the framed picture of Jesus, but Christianity was never talked about in the home. Our mom gave each of us siblings a children's Bible, and I would read through it dutifully, but never had anyone to help explain the words to me. My mother made sure that my two sisters and I were driven to church most Sundays. My father would take us and pick us back up. And we were taken to a local church's summer VBS program. I loved going to VBS and especially singing the old hymns. Through all this, God was even then calling me to him. Fast forward to when I was married and our first child was born. We both felt led then to start attending church, mainly for our child's sake, not ours. I was asked to help teach Sunday school classes, which I did. It was during that time, though, that God used a fifth-grade student to help me notice that even though I was teaching these classes, I didn't understand Scripture very well. Many times when a student would ask a difficult question about some Scripture verse and I didn't know the answer, that older student would be able to answer. From this somewhat embarrassing experience, I was convicted to begin attending a Bible study class for the first time in my life and signed up for a Bethel series class. From then on, I was hooked. Thus, through this fifth grade student, God further called me to him. Right after I finished this two-year Bethel study, we had to move to Las Vegas. It was here that I came to know the Lord and accepted Jesus as my Savior. In Vegas, we joined another church, and this one not only had a good women's Bible study, but also offered an even different in-depth Bible study called the Kerygma series, again, a two-year study. Now understand that it was a hard sell for me to believe that every word in Scripture was true. I had sort of joined the ranks of those people who said that some of that couldn't have happened, or that some of it was written to just help the people back then feel better because of what they were going through. And I was offended when people would suggest that any of my actions or my words were offensive to God. Scripture does say in the book of Isaiah that the Messiah, or Jesus, is a rock of offense and a stumbling block to those who would believe, and it was true with me for sure. But finally, I could no longer deny the truth. Plus, the Lord sent me to a class that happened to be taught by an older gentleman who preached Jesus a lot in those classes. He told us that he had actually been told by the church not to preach Jesus. But he did just the opposite, and partly because of his persistence, I turned my life over to Jesus at the end of that Kerygma series, and in Las Vegas, no less. Again, through this class and that man, God had further called me to him, and this time it was for my salvation. From that moment on, I began to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. All of a sudden, things that I used to feel were okay to do or to say, I knew were not okay. For instance, I used to take the name of the Lord in vain, but from then on to even think of a swear word made me cringe inside. So now that God had succeeded in calling me to Him, the Holy Spirit now began working within me to change me even more. Right after that, we moved again to the Denver area, where again the Lord prompted me to join one of the local Precept Ministries Bible studies. It was at that time that I really got serious about studying Scripture and was able to fully understand it. 
We were also starting to get involved in our local church, and our children were growing in the Lord. Scripture says that Satan comes to destroy, and many times he will start that process by attacking the family structure. Our son, by the time he was in high school, started to be a little rebellious to our authority, began having problems in school, not doing homework, skipping classes, hanging around a little bit with the wrong crowd. And no matter how much we talked to our son or worked with him, his behavior didn't improve. I then realized that if I myself couldn't change him, the Lord certainly could. I had learned from the study of scripture that not only praying, but also fasting could just about move mountains when it came to situations where Satan was involved. I really believed that it was the Holy Spirit who gave me the understanding that this was a spiritual battle and to do the following. One, at the beginning of his junior year, I called all his teachers and his counselor and told them that I was going to now let him take all the responsibility for his schoolwork and attendance, which I should have done long ago. I told them that I knew that he would be skipping classes occasionally and that he would fail at least one class, and he did fail one. Two, I then purchased a book called Praying God's Will for My Son, which I used as a guide to show me how to pray for our son in all areas. And I used another book called Then Comes the Joy. Three, I anointed our house and our son's room with anointing oil and prayed over him while he was sleeping. I was determined that the enemy would not win this battle. Four, I then started a campaign, if you will, to defeat Satan and not let him have my son and destroy our family structure. For all of his junior year, I prayed daily and prayed hard and fasted one day a week for this situation and in essence prayed Satan right out of his life. I told no one about this except our son near the beginning of this battle. He, of course, thought it was ridiculous, but my purpose in telling him was because I wanted him to know that he had a responsibility to the Lord, that he was accountable to the Lord for his own actions more so than to us, his parents. A year later, he was a changed young man, was striving to do best in school, was slowly of his own volition, separating himself from the undesirable crowd. He went on to college, strived to do well, and even joined a small church that catered to college students. He got to fulfill his passion for drumming by being the drummer in the church band. Years later, his wife told me that he had confided in her after they met about what I had done, and he told her that he was saved because of my praying and fasting for him. He has indeed come to know the Lord and has married a godly Christian woman. We do need to pray daily and hard for our children when they are growing up because Satan would love to turn them away from their families, and we need to be in prayer for their future spouses even before they meet. God answered my prayers for both our children because our daughter also became a strong Christian who went on to seminary where she met her future husband, and he went on to become a pastor. I am now praying daily for my grandchildren as well as for their future spouses, and I have no doubt that God will honor my prayers, and I am praying that all ten of them will come to know the Lord before they even meet. The Lord longs for us to spend time with Him in prayer, and I am lately a prime example of someone who can't seem to find the time to pray except during my Bible study time or quickly some mornings. But the Holy Spirit again has pointed out to me the importance of getting back into my quiet time with the Lord. My husband and I recently watched the movie War Room with a story centered around a wife who was taught by an older Christian woman how to pray back her husband who has started to stray. That impacted me immensely, and I started to try to figure out how to get back into a serious daily prayer time. 
Some time ago, I had read a book called The Inner Chamber, where the author, Andrew Murray, writes about the morning hour or the morning watch, based on Psalm 5.3. He encourages us to set aside some part of the day, whether morning or night, to seek quiet time and fellowship with God. After seeing the movie War Room, I thought of that book and the quote from Psalm 5.3, which I've taped to the wall in my kitchen. It's been there ever since I read the book, but all to no avail. Then this week, when cleaning out my desk, I came upon a small booklet that I had forgotten was there called, you guessed it, Seven Minutes with God, How to Plan a Daily Quiet Time. I opened up the booklet and written on the first page, first paragraph, were the words, Remember the Morning Watch. I was blown away and knew instantly that this was yet another conviction from the Holy Spirit to just do it, and He would help me figure out how to find the time. It's amazing how the Spirit can convict me to do something even when I don't want to, and I've learned that I will come out the loser when I try to argue with Him. From the moment I became a Christian in Vegas and was baptized with the Holy Spirit, He has been in control of my life. He prompted me to find a serious Bible study here, and I have been involved in that ever since. Two years ago, all of the leaders of this study left, and again I was told by the Holy Spirit something I didn't want to hear. I was to be the one to not let the Bible study fade away, and I was to resurrect it and lead it. I felt totally inadequate to teach a study of that magnitude and flat out told him so, but of course I lost the argument. You absolutely cannot argue with the Spirit and win. He did lead me to two other ladies who helped me co-teach, for which I'm grateful, and by now I absolutely love teaching the class. I don't know where else God will lead me in my Christian journey, but have no doubt that it will not initially be where I want to go. But I do know that he will equip me to do the task. God be the glory. Thanks so much, Cherry. This concludes today's episode of the Linton Witness Project. Check back in tomorrow for a fresh story of God's presence in each of our lives. Until then, let's all go be the love, the hope, and the comfort of Jesus Christ in our world. Thanks be to God.